All right, hello and welcome to the first ever full-length recording of Lower Division Podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening today. Uh, for those of you who don't know or it's your first time listening, uh, we are going to be talking about Lower Division Soccer in the United States, uh, focusing on the three tiers of USL, focusing on NPSL and some PDL level as well, uh, where we can find it. Uh, it's going to be a jam-packed episode today uh, because of the fact I'm starting this so late. Uh, a lot of the Lower Division leagues either are completed or are wrapping up and we're, uh, waiting to be finished. Uh, so we are going to start with those, uh, focusing mainly so on the first section of NPSL playoffs and USL League 2 playoffs um, and seeing uh, what's kind of developed in there uh, to end out their year. Uh, and then we're going to take a look at a few of the, uh, this last week's USL League 1 matchups uh, and see what those had to bring to the table. Uh, so thanks again for listening and I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. So today we're going to be talking about uh, MPSL playoffs to start off. Uh, we're going to start off uh, at the quarterfinal uh, round uh, because there was some fun stories that came from there um, and some interesting developments involving it. Uh, so those started, the quarterfinals started on July 16th. And so we had uh, quite a few matchups. We had Tulsa Athletic taking on the Fort, Fort Worth Vaqueros FC, uh, Tulsa Athletic winning, uh, Miami FC taking on Chattanooga FC with Miami FC winning 2-0, uh, Minneapolis City SC taking on Med City FC with Minneapolis City winning 2-1. Uh, and the fourth matchup, in the best for last in my opinion, um, because of all the developments that happened in it, uh, was AFC Ann Arbor versus the Rochester Lancers uh, taking place at Concordia University uh, just outside of Ann Arbor uh, in Michigan. And this one was just interesting on its own. We had a game taking place Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. at a field with no lights. Why would this be a big deal if it's kicking off at 6.30? It's a big deal because of the fact that it had rain delays. So they had uh, weather delays, they had thunder and lightning, so they got through the first half. Halftime, they had to wait. They had to uh, delay the game, and they didn't kick off again until 9 p.m., which leaves a half hour of light, give or take, for a completion of a second half, uh, which is pretty much impossible. Uh, so in the 69th minute, they suspended the matchup uh, and had to decide what to do from there. Uh, so what they did is... They had discussed a couple ideas, I guess. Um, we found out later on that it looked like the NPSL uh, headquarters had promised that there was a backup plan just in case something like this happened. Turns out there was no plan. Uh, it was offered to the Lancers because they had to drive so far um, to complete the game at an indoor field, um, to which the coach for Rochester was not happy with that idea because it was already a started game. Uh, when they probably should have done something like that in the beginning of the game, to be honest. Uh, so he said no to pretty much all the ideas that there were and said, nope, we are going to pack up. We're heading back to Rochester, New York, because uh, my guys have to report for the jobs uh, in the next morning. Uh, so they packed up and they headed home. So we were just in a state of, okay, what is happening? What's going to happen? Uh, things like that. So the next morning I wake up. Found out they were supposed to plan to play the next day, but of course, 
Rochester was headed home already, so that wasn't going to happen. So MPSL and all their infinite wisdom decided, oh, we're going to do a 50-50 coin toss to decide this playoff winner. I don't know whose idea that was, but that's not a great idea for a playoff. Even if it is NPSL, amateur, semi-pro, whatever uh, you want to say, and it's not a great way to try and solve it. So there was a lot of discussion. Uh, Twitter was a buzz from it, was trying to pay attention to it. Uh, we're all curious what was going to happen with the coin toss, who was going to be decided. Come to find out, they ended up choosing to complete the game Uh at a neutral location in Erie, Pennsylvania, Gannon University, which had lights on its stadium. Uh, so they didn't restart the game. They decided to finish the game uh, and continue uh, to see who was going to be the winner. So they completed the game on Thursday, July 18th, after starting it on July 16th. So two days later, the game was decided. Regular time and extra time ended in a 1-1 tie, sending it to PKs, uh, to which Rochester beat AFC and Arbor uh, and penalty kicks. That is a whole long, confusing uh, setup for it, and that's one way to move on for the Midwest Regionals to figure out who's going to win the Midwest Regionals, I guess. Um, so from there, Friday, July 19th, Midwest Regional semifinals uh, took place at Keyword Stadium in Detroit, uh, which the Rochester Lancers were put up against Cleveland SC, and Minneapolis SC came up against the Midwest champions, uh, Detroit City SC, FC, my apologies, Detroit City FC. And so first game took place 430 on that Friday. Cleveland SC took on the Rochester Lancers. Cleveland SC won 6-4. to four. Another incredible game, lots of scoring. You rarely see games like this in soccer. Uh, so to see a score like this is pretty darn impressive. Um Later that evening, Detroit City FC took on Minneapolis City SC, uh, Detroit winning 2-0 uh, for the final to set up the final on Sunday for Cleveland SC versus DC FC. Um, but before we get to that, the other semifinals that took place uh, Saturday, July 20th uh, were Miami FC versus Tulsa Athletic, uh, to which Miami FC won 4-1 uh, pretty easily. Uh, Miami FC seems to be a strong team. And uh, ASC San Diego took on FC Arizona, winning 2-1 in a very close matchup uh, to set up the semifinal national game of FC Miami FC versus ASC San Diego. Uh, so, talking about the Sunday the 21st, there was two matchups that day to set up national semifinals. Um, later in the evening was New York Cosmos B versus FC Baltimore. Uh, to take the Eastern region uh, and set that up for the national finals, their semifinals, and New York Cosmos B won 3-1. to one. Uh, Earlier in the day, Cleveland SC took on Detroit City FC uh, at Keyword Stadium in Detroit, uh, which is pretty major. Uh, Detroit City scored two goals in the first half, seeming to win pretty handily again. Um, they're setting up a win pretty handily again like they did against Minneapolis City SC. But Cleveland SC had something to say about that and came back in the second half and scored two goals of their own, going into extra time, ending in a 2-2 tie at that point. So they moved on to penalty kicks. Uh, penalty kicks ended up getting pretty pretty wild uh, because anybody that's watched DCFC knows they're a strong team, they're a confident team, and they do not waver in the face of adversity. But 
for some reason, this game was just too much for them. Cleveland SC moves on from the penalty kicks after DCFC skyrockets three penalty kicks uh, to send Cleveland SC on to the national semifinals. Setting up for July 27th, uh, the two games for the national semifinals for MPSL of the New York Cosmos B versus ASC San Diego. And then also for the next semifinal matchup, Miami FC versus Cleveland SC uh, for the semifinal nationals. In these two games, uh, just watching their performance uh, in the playoffs so far and the road that they took to get to the semifinals for the nationals, um, if I had to pick the two teams to end up in the finals, my guess is it's going to be New York Cosmos B uh, at Miami FC. But the Miami FC-Cleveland SC game could go either way. Um, because they're both very strong teams, but I think Miami has the momentum going in. Uh, Cleveland had a very tough game against DCFC, making it very difficult, uh, and I think two difficult games in a row like this um, are not going to be on Cleveland's side. Um, so we're going to see what happens on Saturday, July 27th, setting up for the final, I believe, on July, or not July, August 3rd, uh, and seeing what the finals for the MPSL brings. Uh, so that wraps up our NPSL coverage. Uh, we're going to move on now to the USL League 2. All right, so USL League 2 uh, has started their playoffs as well. Uh, they are setting up their national semifinals games are taking place this weekend. Uh, so kind of going to walk through uh, the conference semifinals and finals to set up the national semifinals. Uh, and then I'll give you my predictions of what I think is going to be uh, the USL League 2 finals matchup. If I feel like it, if I feel like it, I can give a good enough uh, answer. I might give the prediction of who I think is going to end up being the League Two champion. Uh, so we are going to start off on the right side of the bracket, looking at the Eastern and Southern conferences, and we are going to be talking about uh, Eastern Conference first. Uh, the Western Mass Pioneers took on North Carolina Fusion uh, in a not a close matchup, but it seems like a pretty hard-fought matchup between the two. Uh, Western Mass put up three points, and uh, North Carolina Fusion put up one uh, for Western Mass to move on to the conference finals. Uh, the second matchup uh, in the Eastern Division was a lot closer, a lot tougher. Uh, Reading United AC took on GPS Portland Phoenix. Uh, both really strong teams, uh, tough game for either team. Ended regulation uh, in a 1-1 tie, moving on to extra time, stayed 1-1, and then they moved into penalty kicks. Penalty kicks, The penalty kicks were close. They were difficult. It's a nail-biter for anybody that's watching them. Uh, it ended up with Reading United scoring five PKs, GPS Phoenix scoring four uh, for Reading United to move on to the conference finals. Uh, it's a tough game to play uh, when it comes down to PKs because uh, there's a lot of factors that play into it. One, goalies are huge. Uh, they can get in the head of the kicker. Uh, they One taking the shot, and they can either psych him out and end up making him sky like DCFC did in the UMPSL, um, or it can just be a bad shot by the, by the kicker. Uh, so that set up the conference finals in the Eastern Conference uh, for Western Mass taking on Reading. Uh, and that ended in a very close matchup, being a 1-0 win for Reading United to move on to the national semifinals. Uh, Reading United will take place uh, in the national semifinals against the champion uh, in the conference finals 
for the Southern Division. Uh, and that started out with another uh, set of great teams uh, and some interesting named ones at that. Uh, Brazos Valley Calvary FC took on SC United Bantams uh, in a not really a close matchup, to be honest. Uh, the Brazos Valley beat out uh, SC United 3 nothing. Um <coughs> which was not a close game. Uh, Brazos uh, ended up taking charge of the game and winning pretty handedly. Uh, the other game of the Southern Conference that took place was South Georgia Trementa FC2 taking on the Villages SC. Now, this game, I guess, would be considered a little bit closer since the Villages actually scored, but... Tormenta took on the Villages and won 3-1. to one. Tormenta's had a really strong year. Uh, they have played really well. Haven't really lost a whole lot of games, um, but they played hard, and they won out this first match to take on Brazos Valley Calvary FC in the conference finals, to which they showed up and showed out. Shout out to the Tormenta FC 2 uh, for winning 5-1 to one over Brazos Valley at Calgary FC. Uh, they move on to take Reading United in the national semifinals. Uh, they will be the home team on July 28th. Match is taking place at 8 p.m. in Statesboro, Georgia at Eric Russell Park. Uh, so those that's going to be a great game. Uh, but I got to say, I think Tormenta is going to take it. I think they are the stronger team uh, in this conference. Uh, uh, between the two conferences, and I think they're going to be the ones to show up and play hard. Uh, so, with that, we've had the Eastern and Southern Conferences decided uh, for the National Semifinals. Now we're going to talk about the Western and Central uh, divisions of the League Two. We're going to start at the top of the left side of the bracket, talking about the Western Conference. And this matchup is Golden State Force. Uh, taking on the Colorado Pride Switchbacks U23 team. Uh, and honestly, FC Golden State, they dominated the game. Uh, they took over and they won 4 nothing over Colorado. And that is a tough matchup for sure. Uh, Golden State seems to be a very strong team uh, and one that really wants to win uh, and beat uh, the teams to get it to the semifinals. Uh, the other matchup was Calgary Foothills FC taking on Vancouver, not Vancouver, I apologize, Ventura County Fusion, uh, another team that has had a really good year. Uh, this one was a close matchup, ending in a 3-2 win for Ventura County FC. Uh, or Ventura County Fusion, my apologies. Uh, Ventura County Fusion moved on to the conference finals to take on FC Golden State Fusion or Force. So you had the Force versus the Fusion, and the Force showed up. They ended up taking out the win 2-1 uh, to one to move on to the national semifinals as conference champions of the Western Conference, and they take on the conference champion for the Central Division. So the Central Division, that was, I think, one of the top leagues uh, for the playoffs in this. Uh, they don't have as many teams, but they have some pretty strong teams uh, that play hard and give it their all. Uh, the first matchup in the Central League was the Des Moines Menace 
which was the top of the league, taking on the Flint City Bucks, uh, which just barely made it into uh, the f- conference final or the conference semifinals by one point. So congrats to Flint for making it that far. This one was a intense matchup. Flint City came to play. So did Des Moines. Regular time ended in a 3-3 tie. Went through extra time ending in 3-3, so they also went into penalty kicks in the first round like Reading United and GPS Portland did. Not quite as much of a nail-biter, but Flint City pulled out the upset with a 4-2 penalty victory over the Des Moines Menace uh, to move on to their conference finals, to which the other matchup was Chicago FC United taking on Caw Valley FC. This one was a little bit closer of a matchup. Ended in regulation time with a 3-2 win for Caw Valley over Chicago United F- or Chicago FC United to set up the Flint City Bucks versus Caw Valley for the conference finals. This one, the Bucks once again showed up to play and beat Caw Valley 4-2 to move on to the national semifinals and take on FC Golden State Force. So congrats to the Flint City Bucks. <coughs> So, the national semifinals between the Western and the Central Conference is FC Golden State Force versus the Flint City Bucks. This is the first season for the Flint City Bucks uh, as the Flint City Bucks. They were originally the Michigan Bucks. Uh, so, congrats on them uh, for being able to come out in a brand new city uh, as pretty much a brand new team and just play their hardest. Uh, they are taking on FC Golden State in the national semifinals in Flint, Michigan at Atwood Stadium on the 27th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, this should be a great matchup. Uh, Golden State is a really hard team to play, but Flint has came to play, and they have shown up hard for these matchups. Um, in this matchup, I'm going with the underdog. I'm going with Flint City. I think they can make it to the USL League 2 finals. They do also have the most USL League 2 uh, titles with three. Um, so they're going to be a very hard team to beat uh, no matter what rank they are or what level they are coming out of their conference. They are a tough team to play. And I think they are going to come out and they are going to give South Georgia Tormenta FC2 a challenge in the finals. I mean, I hope to see that matchup because I think it's going to be two great teams. Um, I think maybe Dor- Dr- uh, South Georgia might come out and pull out the win. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be an easy win. I think it's going to be a close matchup. Um, but I think either Flint or Tormenta can win the League 2 Finals, uh, which will be a great game to watch and I believe will be taking place on August 3rd. Uh, so keep your eye out on that. Uh, I will talk about that on the next pod uh, after the game and see what happens. So we'll probably preview it on the next one uh, for next week uh, since most of these finals are going to be set up for the next week. Uh, for USL League 2 and NPSL's final. Uh, So we are now going to move on to this last weekend's matchups in USL League 1. We are now going to jump into some USL League 1. We're going to talk about the four matches that happened uh, over Friday and Saturday last weekend, uh, starting with Toronto FC 2 and Lansing Ignite, uh, then moving on to North Texas, taking on South Georgia Tormenta, Greenville taking on FC Tucson, and Richmond Kickers taking on Orlando City B. Uh, Four great matchups. The North Texas and South Georgia is a one versus two in the table match. Uh, So everybody was watching that one pretty closely to see what happens. Uh, We'll talk about the table, how it ended up after these games uh, once we uh, get through all four games. Uh, 
So we are going to start off with the, F, the Toronto FC2 taking on Lansing Knight FC. Uh, that was a really close game, uh, hard fought by both. Uh, it started out with both just trying to get the scoring started, trying to get the first goal in, uh, and Toronto was the first to do that with the Perusa goal in the 35th minute. Uh, it was a great, a great setup, uh, fantastic finish by Perusa, uh, really starting off the time for Toronto. Uh, and then six minutes later, Lansing Knight was able to get on the board uh, with a penalty kick in the 41st minute. Uh, started uh, set up by Elma and Four, uh, who was fouled inside the box. Uh, and the penalty kick was taken by Pato Batelafaz, uh, which he scored, uh, setting up uh, a halftime score of 1-1. One one. Uh, the second half uh, started off a little quicker for Lansing. Uh, they were able to score in the 51st minute, a cleanup goal by Brandon Fricke, uh, and then also in the 54th minute, four, three minutes later, uh, Xavier Gomez with a cross from Nick Moon. So that they had a pretty solid 3-1 uh, lead uh, going into the last third of the match, uh, which then took a turn uh, towards Toronto's favor uh, with a goal by Bunk Anderson in the 78th minute and a goal in the 81st minute by Romeo, uh, making it a really tough game. Both teams were fighting to try and get the win, uh, but ending in a 3-3 tie, keeping the top of the tail close. All right, the second matchup. This one was probably, honestly, the least uh, exciting and entertaining one, to be honest, uh, which is odd because it was the number one team versus the number two team, in North Texas versus South Georgia Tormenta. Uh, they were meeting in Texas. Uh, they all they both played a really hard-fought game, just neither one of them could seem to find the net. Uh, ending in a 0-0 draw, not really much to say in it, except for a red card in the 74th minute uh, for South Georgia Tormenta. This was definitely a deserved red card for Tormenta, uh, taking down a North Texas player, did not get the ball at all. Took him out by his ankle. Uh, cleats up. Pretty textbook red card. Uh, not really much to complain about there. Uh, really well done if job officiating, uh, which I personally have not said a whole lot during this League One season. Uh, so, moving on from the 0-0 tie uh, in North Texas. Uh, moving on to the Greenville Triumph versus SC Tucson. Uh, this was an intense matchup. Uh, one that was... Plagued by a poor call by the ref, which might have changed the tone of the game. Um, a defender for FC Tucson uh, went after a Greenville player who was running after the ball. Did not look like the FC Tucson player even tried to go for the ball. Went straight for the Greenville player. Took him out. Uh, could have seriously injured him. Thankfully didn't. Uh, they called a penalty, but this really should have been at least a yellow card. Uh, if not possibly a red card. Uh, so the refs really messed up on that one. Um, but let's talk about the goals. Uh, the goal, first goal was scored uh, by Greenville uh, in the 15th minute, uh, and it was really just a poor defending job by FC Tucson, a poor pass uh, picked up by Greenville, taken in the box and just put in the back of the net. It was a really great job. Uh, but then FC Tucson took over. Uh, Jambaga... Uh, scored five minutes later in the 20th minute uh, with just a great, just put a great foot on the ball, put it in the back of the net just outside the box. 
uh, and then later on they would score again in the 52nd minute and the 58th minute, uh, just putting the game away and putting it out of reach uh, for Greenville. Uh, tough game for Greenville. I think the refing definitely put a put a damper on it, put a different mindset on it, uh, and might have. I don't think it cost them the game, uh, but it definitely did not help them because they could have been up uh, 11 players to 10 on FC Tucson, which would have made it a very difficult difficult game for FC Tucson to win. Uh, so calling out the ref in that game uh, for a poor call and poor judgment. Uh, so I guess we will see how that turns out. Now we're going to move on to the last game of the night uh, from this last Saturday with the Richmond Kickers versus Orlando City B. Uh, this was an interesting matchup for sure. Um, I think there were, there's definitely quite a few blown calls in this matchup. Uh, early on uh, in the matchup, there looked to be a goal from Dennis Chin, uh, but it was called off sides, and I have watched that replay four or five times. And sorry to break it to your refs, but Dennis Chin was not off sides. The ball went off of the post and came out to him, and that is when he came off the defensive line and shot and put the goal in the back of the net. So really, it should have already been a 1-0 lead for Richmond at that time, uh, but it just kind of went back and forth from there. Uh, many chances for both teams. Uh, then coming into the 70th minute, Dennis Chin finally got his goal. Beautiful cross, put the ball into the back of the net to give Richmond their their 1-0 lead over Orlando City B. Uh, that was where you think the game would have ended. Uh, but things got really interesting in the 83rd minute. Um, it's still tough to tell exactly what happened. Um, but in the 83rd minute, three players were shown red cards, uh, one Richmond player and two Orlando City B players. Uh, and watching the replay for this, it, it's confusing exactly uh, why Akira Fitzgerald was given a red card. Uh, Rewatching it, uh, Orlando kicked the ball out. Uh, Akira Fitzgerald was trying to pick up the ball and bring it back to the line. Orlando player comes in, pushes him out of the way, rips the ball from his hands, so a shoving match kind of ensues, uh, mostly from the Orlando CDB player. Uh, so it was definitely interesting trying to watch it. It was definitely uh, high frustrations in the match. Uh, it's a lot of emotion. Um and it, it seemed that Orlando had a lot of the emotion that was in this game. But re-watching this replay at least, I don't even know, a dozen times, uh, in my opinion, Akira Fitzgerald did not deserve a red card. Yellow card, yes. At least a yellow card. Uh, but a red card was not what he deserved. Uh, he was not uh, as into this uh, altercation as the Orlando City play B player. Um, was, and seeing this altercation on the field, uh, especially with how the refing has been done this year, uh, it was definitely a misjudgment call on their part. Uh, Will Bagaru definitely deserved a red card he had. He was the one that came and ripped the ball out of Fitzgerald's hands. Um, I think that was the right call. Uh, Randy Mendoza for Atlanta City B was the other one to receive the red card. Not exactly sure. It was hard to follow. Uh, a lot of the players on there and see I'm thinking he was the other player that was kind of instigating it. So it makes sense to give him the red card as well. Once again, Fitzgerald yellow. Sure. 
red, no. Uh, so I, I think uh, this referee was the same as the referee during, I believe, the SC Tucson and Lansing Ignite matchup, uh, which brought some controversial uh, comments made I'll talk about in a little while uh, about the refereeing status in USL League One. Um, and I think uh, this is another time that this ref really needs to uh, either receive more training or uh, something to help him improve. Uh, so with that, uh, the match dynamics changed at that point, obviously, because now it's 10 on 9, uh, which is a, the second time I have seen a match in League One uh, come to a 10-9 uh, ratio of players. First time was in Week 2. Uh, the Lansing Knight versus Greenville Triumph. Uh, that one was, it was an interesting matchup. At one point, was uh, eleven on nine, and then moved to ten on nine. Um, for sure, was definitely a tough matchup. Uh, but this one was just, it was out of control. Uh, Orlando City B is a very physical team. They have very high emotion, very physical. Uh, they will play you tough. You have to be able to play back at them. Uh, so really, to get this going, um, uh, it it was it, it was a tough call. It took them a very long time to figure out exactly what was happening. Uh, do I think the right call was made? Half yes, mostly no. So this matchup ended up being a 1-0 win for uh, the Richmond Kickers uh, with the three red cards in one minute, which was insane. Uh, so. We will be looking to next week where there is six matchups over uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, starting out with Wednesday, July 24th, uh, Orlando City B will be taking on South Georgia Twenta FC, followed by Friday's matchups of F- Toronto FC 2 taking on the Richmond Kickers, North Texas taking on Greenville, Saturday's matchups, Chattanooga Red Wolves taking on FC Tucson, uh, uh, Georgia Tormenta taking on Lansing Ignite, and Ford Madison taking on Orlando City B. Um, the Tormenta-Lansing Ignite matchup and the Ford Madison-Orlando City B matchup should be very interesting matches uh, due to the fact that Orlando and Tormenta play each other on Wednesday and have a quick turnaround uh, to Saturday to take on two very difficult teams in Lansing and Madison. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to those matchups. Uh, we'll talk about those a little more next week. Um, but... Before finishing out this, uh, I would like to comment on uh, the refereeing in League One. Uh, I believe it is not up to par of what this league should be, uh, and I don't believe that uh, all the refs are horrible. I just believe there are quite a few refs that need to uh, have another judgment made about their abilities to be the center ref in these matchups, uh, and something needs to be done. I have personally started a petition for USL League One to do something with the refs uh, to either provide more training, uh, have them either start refing in lower leagues to get more experience, uh, but for a professional league like League One and being in the first year of League One uh, it is not the it is not the view that we would like to have on the league. Uh, as a fan, I'm appalled. Uh, and I believe most fans in the USL League One are uh, in agreement that something should be done, something needs to be said. Um, one, it could be costing teams uh, points, it could be costing teams uh, their games, and uh, it's it's something that could end up harming the players 
uh, like we saw in the Greenville Triumph versus FC Tucson matchup uh, with a missed call. Uh, it was called a penalty, but should have been a yellow or red card um, because it was something that could have been a serious injury to the Greenville player, uh, which nobody ever wants to see. Um, so with that, I'm sure people are wondering also the thoughts um, on the Greenville Triumph, not the Greenville Triumph, I apologize, on the uh, status in Lansing, uh, what my thoughts are on the Nate Miller situation for Lansing Knights head coach. Uh, and I believe that uh, it is a absurd punishment that Nate Miller was given for his comments after the Ignite FC Tucson matchup. I believe that it is the wrong mentality that the league wants to be setting uh, for its coaches to be able to make comments and help make this league better. Uh, we want to see this league at its best, and we think it will be, and these teams have turned out a lot better than most people, I believe, have expected. Uh, we were expecting a lot of the lower, uh, the second teams for MLS teams to be just in the bottom of the league, which has not turned out to be that way. Um, North Texas is at the top of the league. Uh, Toronto FC2 has been middle to top of the league uh, for most of the year. The only team that's been at the bottom really has been Orlando City B, and they've had a lot of close, tough games. They're not bad. They've just happened to lose more games than most. Um, so... With that, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, thanks for listening to the first full episode of the Lower Division Podcast. Uh, we're going to be coming back next week, hopefully with some analysis of the NPSL and USL League 2 uh, final matchups that are going to be happening, uh, seeing what happened in those semifinal national matchups uh, to set up these final matches. Uh, so once again, thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Lower Division. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know if there's anything I should focus on. Uh, we'll see how this goes. So thanks again for listening. Looking forward to next week.